sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome back to another episode of From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel sports staff's weekly podcast on anything and everything sports. Um, I'm going to not forget to do intros this week like we did yeah. last week. So cool. I'm sports editor Dan Diadonna along with assistant sports editor Chris Zatarazny, who is still way behind in the high school football picks uh, it's only, um, it's as only we three it's yeah there's bad. only not very many games left though are I know. There? so we've got a lot of high school playoff football action to get to and uh, the rematch of the chicks ducks the chucks uh part two and uh, a lot of other things to go on uh, but we will start with the lions facing uh, holland native kirk oh, cousins and the minnesota man. vikings and I was wondering how Cousins was going to do against the Lions, but it didn't matter. <laughs> it really didn't. Cousins played fine. You know what I mean? They And they won easily. But the Lions allowed 10 sacks of Matthew Stafford, which is a franchise record in a game for the Vikings. And as we all know, in the 70s, the Vikings had the the Purple People Eaters, yes. where they had a just a killer defensive line. So they did better than them. And... 10 sacks it seemed like he was down that's not including all the hits rushing. and everything else he his butt was on the ground the entire time yes it was yeah yeah it was a poor it was a poor it was one of the worst things i've ever seen i mean i know minnesota's defense is really good yeah and i know the lions offense isn't great and their offensive line isn't great but man 10 sacks of stafford couldn't get anything going i've never really i've not seen a game like that no, from anyone, any team, really. It's it's shocking, yeah. but at the same time, not surprising. It's Lions, you it, know. It almost looked like a like a Madden glitch, like you know how where you could, if you do one thing correctly, yeah, you get through the line every time. You know, video games has those glitches, like the old Tecmo Bowl back oh, before yeah. you were born. I, I played that where though. you could run the original, not Tecmo Super Bowl, the original Tecmo Bowl. You could run off the screen, but then you would appear on the other side. The screen. Well, that's, that's, I, I've never tried that one before. Like Bo Jackson went around the world. I have the. I've, <laughs> I have played with Bo Jackson. In fact, yeah. my friend Kyle Schaefer always beats me in that. Yeah, he's always Bo Jackson, and that's it. That's it. You can it, always, looked like, it looked like that on Sunday. You can find glitches sometimes. I played yeah. uh, Madden against my roommate in college, where he was always uh, the Lions, and I was always the Raiders, and it was a good Raiders. But all I did was throw the same slant pass to Tim Brown every play, and he couldn't stop it. <laughs> there was some, you know, it was yeah. it, it was one of those <laughs> moments though. It's like the, it's like they had a cheat code to anticipate the snap count and get right between yeah. the same gap every time because they, they were all over Stafford. It was crazy. Ten sacks for fifty six yards. The Lions lost fifty six yards on ten sacks. Not only did they allow ten sacks, but they scored only nine points. They yeah. allowed more sacks than they scored points. That's in ridiculous. A game. I don't. Th- I've never seen that in a stat in a football game ever. No, and it wasn't like a rainy snowy muddy game that they you know that they right. won that you could allow four sacks and still right. win three nothing in a like sloppy was, football game like that in yeah the snow. there was, was no snow it was no, indoors. it was indoors <laughs> it was a, it was a yeah it was crazy yeah. so just after we were getting all starting to get a little bit of i don't want to say belief because that's a strong word with the lions but they had put together some really good games in a row and i what do you make of that now i mean like that's that's a clear sign to the rest of the division. 
well, in my um, in my mind, we they're ta- not a contender. We yeah, we had talked about last week of where their direction was after they uh, acquired snacks and they got rid of Golden Tate. Both future moves, but there was no public perception on where their direction was as a program, as a, as a team. And after two weeks of losses that looked just pretty, I mean, pretty bad and then awful. Um, it's it's fair to say that the Lions are kind of lost in limbo at this point. They fired their special teams coordinator, who probably deserved to be fired after his his special teams has been really awful this year. Um, but they didn't fire their offensive coordinator or the offensive line coach yet, which should be happening um, considering how bad they've been the past couple of weeks. How is their line so bad all the time? I, yeah, I don't know. They have high draft picks all the time the line is a focus every year how have they not put together even two guys that have lasted three years yeah i I don't don't understand that for and i'm talking about since like they had a team in the early 90s the barry sanders team that was really good they had like kevin glover was the center and he was really good and lomas brown was a tackle and he was really good and they had a line that was together you know for a good four or five years after those guys left, they haven't had two good linemen on the same line for like 25 years. Yeah. Maybe it's, 20 years, but still. It's it's interesting because they got a couple of good guys on the line that are experienced from college, like uh, Graham Glasgow is a center, and he was he played really well at Michigan. TJ Lang, a veteran of the league, good. Taylor Decker, one of the uh, their top draft picks, good. But they all come together, and they're just kind of like orange uh, construction barrels out there. They kind of just stand around. Yeah. Let things happen, and that's how Stafford I mean, got sacked ten times. The only one that kind of developed over the years, like it was Riley Reef, and then they let him go. Yeah, and he's in Minnesota now. He's he's playing well with Minnesota. Yeah, so they I, can't I just, develop talent. I just don't understand it. I mean, like I'm pretty sure now. I would have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure the last lineman, offensive lineman, they had to make the Pro Bowl was Lomas Brown, and that would have been because he was on the Giants when they were in the Super Bowl. When I was in college. So that would have been pre-college for me, which means the last time... God, I'm getting old. The last time that they had a Pro Bowl lineman was 20 years ago? That would be a long time. That's a long time. Pretty bad. I'm not 100% sure on that. There could have been someone sneak in there once or something. But that's a lot. That's a long time to have none? Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, you got years... I mean, there were years where, you know, like the Joe Montana years of the 49ers where, like, their whole line was in the Pro Bowl, you know, like, and the Dallas Cowboys. Like, that's. Yeah, the, here's the here's hogs. your answer. Here's your answer. Ooh, the last ooh. linebacker to. Uh, oh, lineman. Lineman. All right. Last linebacker was 2000. Uh, we'll that's see what we have on, on the line uh, here. It might be a while. TJ Lang was a Pro Bowler last year, um, but he didn't play a whole lot. Um as a tackle. He was a pro bowler last year for yeah, the Lions? He was, yeah. He wow. was. Outside of that, it would go back pretty much to 1995 for Lomas Brown. You're right, yeah. yeah. 95, so, man. So TJ Lang would be the last pro bowler technically even. And Lomas, had, Brown, had last Lomas year. Brown was in the pro bowl like almost every year. <laughs> he was there every year from 1995. Yeah. As, that's five, six straight six years. Straight years, yeah. Uh, pretty mean, he good. was great. So, don't, yeah, know Lions, why, don't know why he hasn't been a Hall of Fame finalist, to be honest. Yeah. But. So lions are in limbo. Lions are going south quickly. It's crazy. Um, so yeah. you, eh. know, you know who's going north? Michigan, way north. What is this about? I mean, we had a couple weeks where you weren't sure what to expect, and then they would, then they just 
come out and do something where they throttled Maryland, and you're like, oh, maybe they're for real. And then they still played. They played okay a little bit, and then it's like, okay, well now they beat Michigan State. They took it to Penn State, man. This was unbelievable. I was I was uh, shocked. I didn't get to watch much of the game. I'm not surprised they uh, won. No, me neither. Me neither. But, but they dominated Penn State. And watching the replay of that game since I was covering the cross country state finals, uh, their offense was kind of slow to start, and then they just put it on like the next gear, like a whole other level, and just took it to Penn State, who by the way was ranked 14th in the country, and they were top yeah, 10 is, for most of the season. This is not season. like when they steamrolled Nebraska. Right, this is way different. Uh, so they got three straight wins over ranked opponents, and now they're going into a, a cupcake couple of games against Rutgers in Indiana before finishing the season against Ohio State. This is a whole different Michigan team that I expected in the second half of the season. After the first half, I was optimistic, but I, you know, didn't seem pr- whole promising because uh, they lost to Notre Dame and had easy wins against some easy opponents, and then a close win against Northwestern. And thought, well, there's going to be an average Big Ten team, and then they just have put it on that next level since maryland yeah i mean like beginning of the year you know we talk about their rivalry games being signature wins for harbaugh and they're playing notre dame michigan state and ohio state on the road i'm pretty sure at the beginning of the year i predicted they only win one of those road games and so far that's true with one to go right i might have to change my prediction i mean like that i mean don't get me wrong the shoe the horseshoe is it's an a insane place to go play. Incredible. And I don't care if they're struggling a little bit or whatever. That's not going to mean anything. But it's incredible after that opening loss to Notre Dame, what they have done. Um, yeah, what Notre Dame's doing, too. Yeah, that's, they're up there as well. Kind of exciting. They could be in the playoff. They could. That would be Again, incredible. I would, lo- I, think, I would love to see that. I, I don't think they've ever had a rematch in one season not that i can think of unless they played in the rose bowl when there was only the rose bowl and it was like the 40s or 30s or something like that yep but that would be incredible i would like to see that that's a great rivalry and on a bigger stage more people could see it i mean that would it'd be established teams now it wouldn't be week one right and they've all they've grown since then obviously that would be really cool to see hopefully it happens i mean i think there's a, a great possibility of that that'd be great all right, and on the flip side, Michigan State took care of Maryland. Man, what happened with Maryland, man? Remember they were they beat Texas for like the second year in a row. They got real good. They got ranked, and then the bottom just has kind of fallen out now. Yeah, with Maryland, they got the the issue of uh, coach being fired, uh, DJ Durkin going through that that whole mess with the player unfortunately dying in the summer, and his his program being run pretty much to the ground. Uh, didn't didn't sound very good uh, as a head coach over there. Um, yeah, Maryland uh, right now is kind of in, in turmoil, and I feel a little bad for them. They they, they have looked this, real good at the beginning of the year. I mean, like yeah, they they have this their, their program is you know their players are in their program right now. And after Durkin returned, they were not happy, and they they ousted him as a player group. They didn't want him returning. So good on them, but uh, bad on the school for bringing him back originally. Right. But yeah, they just didn't. Hopefully, that'll pay dividends for the program. In the future. You would hope so, but yeah, they just didn't have it against against Michigan State and and. I think a full game uh, under his belt, uh, Rocky Rory. I don't know. I forget his name. The quarterback. <laughs> it's gonna bug me. Uh, Rocky. I can't think of his name. He didn't play That's the Rocky. entire game. Rocky Lombardi. It was Lewerke was back. Um, I think a, a week off for Brian Lewerke was what he needed, and he got. He looked pretty good. Um, he didn't throw a whole lot. They ran the ball a lot. Um, but yeah, it was a good win for Michigan State. They needed that after a close win against Purdue, and they're they're kind of back on track as they as they finish finish out the season here. All right, now moving to 
Hope Football, and we're we're back on the sacking the quarterback. We are. Talk. Yeah. Tate Knapp's got ten sacks. Knapsack this year. Knapsack. <laughs> Boy, Greg Chandler loves saying that on the radio. I bet he said it a lot of times on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he had what three and a half. Uh, yeah, three and a half sacks. And he leads the MIAA with ten now. He's one of only sixteen players in the country to have double digit sacks in Division Three. Um, Earned ha- MIAA Hamilton honors last graduate, week. MIAA Defensive Player of the of the Week. Senior captain from Hamilton. Great he's, story. He's just been a force this year, and he's kind of. I mean, I know we featured him because he's from Hamilton, you know, and we did a, a nice. Chris did a nice feature on him. I hope you all read it. Um, but he's become this quiet force that is what a team needs. Like you know what you're getting with Mason Apple and the running game with the running backs and stuff, and that's kind of been their theme. But it's kind of been what separated them is their ability to stop people. And he, Tate Knapp, eats up so many people up front that he allows linebackers to make tackles. Yeah. He like it. It's not all about the stats. It's what he causes. And that's been really awesome to see because um, they haven't had, you know, that kind of presence all the time. So Yeah. He had, uh, by the way, he had six tackles, four solo to assist. Three of those were sacks for 28 yards. Three sacks for 28 yards on that, in that yeah. game. By the I way, mean, in Division a, three, six tackles from a defensive lineman. It's, it's a really good you're, game. You're making your move. You're, you're pushing guys around. They won 33-7. to seven. They allowed the first touchdown of the game. That was it. And then Hope just went on a rampage. And that was yeah. it on senior day. They, and they Kalamazoo was looking controlled. good, too, this year. It's That was their second loss of the season. They had lost only slightly to Olivet the previous week. And it was a close, I think, a three-point win for Kalamazoo. So... To get blown out this this way for Kalamazoo, I mean that shows how good Hope really is in this league, and they almost beat Trine right. uh, a few weeks ago. Right, and now now Kalamazoo faces Trine, and will have to beat Trine if Hope wants to share. Yeah, so Hope's looking for Kalamazoo to get a win, a bounce back win against against Trine to to get a share of that title. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what a win for Hope! I mean they they completely dominated. They only had ten first downs. Kalamazoo ten first downs the entire game. Crazy. Four for thirteen on third down. Ninety four yards passing. Forty three yards rushing. That's that was dominant. that was a pure dominant. dominant game for Hope. That's awesome. So they finished the week, uh, the season out uh, at Adrian this weekend, and uh, that should be you know it's a rivalry game and it should be fun. Um, yeah, but the way they're going right now, the way they're going right now, it looks it looks like a good season end for them. Yeah, and we had other Hope teams in action. The women's soccer team lost one nothing Adrian in the MIAA final. Um, so, but they got an at large bid. They'll be heading down to Otterbein in Ohio for the NCAA tournament this week. Uh, Hope Volleyball lost to Calvin again um, in the uh, in the MIAA final. That's three times they lost to the number one team in the country, and with seven losses, but three of them being the number one, they still pretty easily, based on the seeding, I would say, got an at-large bid. Um, as well they should have. I mean. As well they should have. They're playing at Calvin. They're not playing against Calvin. They would have to, they're on the other side of that bracket, they would have to win twice, I think. Win twice it. to then yeah. face them in the sectional final or whatever that is, um, which could happen. I mean, they, they're playing um, They're playing a team they should beat first. I can't remember who it is now. Uh, uh, Wittenberg. No, no. Wittenberg's second would be the second, second. round. Wittenberg's um, the other, the number that's two right, seed. That's right. Thing. Yes. So they got to beat a team. I can't believe I'm blanking on it now. They gotta, I'll find it in a second. All right. We got Chris and his technological terror skills <laughs> over there. <coughs> Excuse me. So they'll have to win 
uh, a game that DePaul. they're seeded to they're in DePaul. DePaul. That's right. Thank you. Yes. DePaul. Not DePaul, the Division One basketball DePaul. power, but DePaul, the Division Three, Greencastle, Indiana school. <clears throat> and yes, I've made that drive for some Hope tournament games down to Greencastle, Indiana. Never seen so many farms in my life on that drive. If they win, they would play the winner of Wittenberg, right. Carthage. Right, which will probably be Wittenberg. They're you know, a top five team in the country. Based on paper, yeah. Um, but Hope's seen a lot of them. So if they pull that upset, they could be playing Calvin for the regional or for the sectional final. And, man, what, wouldn't that be something if they upset Calvin the fourth time they played each other? Fourth time's a charm, right? And then <laughs> and then they'd be headed to the championships. Be crazy. They'd, I mean, they'd be headed to the court, national quarterfinals. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Now, granted, they got to play pretty awesome to they do, get yeah. there. But they've had times where they've been playing pretty awesome this year. So they faced the best and they lost three times the best. So they they should know what to do and how to get better. Exactly. So it should be pretty pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, fun times. Fun times. Can be exciting uh, weekend for hope. Sports. For sure. All right, now we will focus shift our focus to the high school stuff. Um, I'm going to start real quick with some of the swimming stuff. Uh, Zealand won the OK Green Conference Championship by a lot. They swam. They also had almost all personal bests, uh, which is amazing considering that some of those kids are qualified for the state meet and not tapered for that meet at all, which means they should be shattering their personal bests at the state meet in a couple weeks, which is very exciting. Um, had some good performances all around. Holland won the medley relay, which was really exciting. Uh, and very fast. They, it was a good touch out uh, with uh, Abby Mendel's on the anchor leg there. Um, but, yeah, good performances by a lot of people. Hamilton's Rhea Blood won the diving um, in a packed diving conference. And then on the other side, West Ottawa won the OK Red Conference meet to win that outright title over Rockford. Um, and so they'll be heading to the state meet in a couple weeks, and we'll get you some more preview coverage of that um, in the next couple weeks of the Sentinel and also on our next week podcast. Um, but what we're all waiting to talk about is not the Bird Bowl rematch. It's the cross-country state finals. It is. We it had is. nine teams of our 16 full teams that we have for cross-country in yeah. our area make it to the state. Including five final. individuals. And then five individuals on top of that. And then we had, from those other schools, we had both Zealand East-West boys and girls, for the first time ever, all four of the Zealand teams made it. Uh, Saugatuck won the boys state championship for the fifth, sixth time. Uh Fourth, maybe fourth, fourth. I mean, they they play second place as, a, as a, another runner up. So and then the girls got placing, second, which is the first, which is the first time. Um, so a big day for Saugatuck. You can start there, Chris. Chris was there all day, long day. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You want to start with Saugatuck and just uh, talk a little bit about what you saw from the runners? Yeah. So it was a long day. I was. Uh, they they ran at nine thirty in the morning. Uh, the boys did first, and they cruised to a state title. They, they won by I think at least thirty points. Uh, maybe more. Corey Gorgas was the individual state title winner, uh, the first one in Saga Talk history after all the state titles they've won. That's really He's amazing. The individual, right? <laughs> yeah. They've had a lot of talented runners, but Corey Gorgas he crushed it, fifteen uh, twenty something. I think he finished in unbelievable. Um, everyone looked great. All five Saga Talk boys runners earned all state, that which means, means they all finished. In the they top all finished 10. in the top thirty. Thirty. Top right. thirty is uh, all state, which two of those guys weren't even predicted to be in top fifty. And yet they finished in the top 30. They put on a, a race that was unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, they they just looked really good. Uh, the girls, meanwhile, they looked okay. Uh, they faced a tough task in trying to upset Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. And this was their fourth uh, title that they had won in a row. 
uh, the girls for the first mile were kind of like trying to get some places, and then through the second mile they were looking a lot better. Uh, they lost by 13 points, and that's um, that's a, a few seconds really uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, 13 places, and if they if they outrun out sprint a girl at the end, uh, their opponent at the end, that's two points, three points there, and. Uh, could be a state title, so they'll probably look back on that and wonder what what they could have done better. But at the same time, they made history, and so they're pretty proud of that as well. Um, they had at least four of their runners in the top. 30. Uh, I think three, maybe um, one was close to maybe making. Oh, right. I think yeah, there yeah. was at least three. Yeah, Lily just missed, um, right? Yeah, I think yeah. she placed in like fortieth or forty something. Yeah. Um, so Sagatuck was a great day for them. They started off the day really well. Um, just recapping a little bit, West Ottawa girls finished eleventh, one place off their best finish in school history. Uh, their best finish as a, as a team in 22 years, placing 11th in D1. Uh, Sam Martins of Holland placed 10th in uh, Division One, earns All-State honors. Uh, Zealand West boys finished 4th, their best finish in school history. And Holland Christian girls placed 7th. Uh, it was a great day overall. Um, Zealand East, Holland Christian boys uh, and girls. Sorry, Zealand East girls and boys. And then West girls and Holland Christian boys all finished really strong. Um, most of those uh, were in the top half of the, the field. Uh, it shows how great i think running is around here uh that doesn't even mention black river they had a couple right. of uh, they had two all staters uh, right? two all staters yep as well so uh, a great day for them as as as, as well it's, uh, yeah. i think black river boys placed 20th uh, in division three uh, out of 26 teams so not the best team finish but they had a couple of guys finish strong um yeah it was just a great great day for cross country in the holland area probably the best season overall that this, this area has ever seen uh, and didn't we say that last year or the year before too? it was two years ago two had, years I think ago they had seven teams two years ago but i'm gonna dig into that a little further if i can um and try and find out but this uh is one of the most talented group of runners that we've ever seen that i've ever seen as a former runner um yeah if they keep this going it's gonna i mean it's gonna take some time as far as reputation wise but it's becoming a rival of swimming as far as what is the best sport around here because certainly you got all that high school stuff. Hope's really good. The women are going to the the NCAA regionals again, and they won the conference for the fourth time in a row. Um, Grand Valley won the GLIAC. Um, you got some. We've had some runners go Division One. We got a few running Division One right now. Uh, Summit, Nebraska, Baylor. You know some yeah. big schools. It's 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 catching up. I think it's catching up. I, I feel like we need a few more Division One runners. To get Certainly. it to that point, I think that's coming to you. I'm sure. But as far as the high school stuff alone goes, this this has been incredible the last three four years. It really has, and I'm sure we're going to get some really good talent going off to college uh, after the, these next couple of years. Gorgas and Sam Barnes will surely go D1. I'm, I'm positive of that, and a couple of girls have that have that shot as well. Um, but here's what's even more impressive: out of the the teams that went and the individuals that went, uh, outside of Saugatuck and Black River, we had. Like you said, both Zealand West and East boys and girls team. That's four. Both Holland Christian boys and girls. That's six. We had a runner from Hamilton going, Javi Carroll. Uh, two runners from Holland going, Sam Martins and Shane Albader. And then the Black River kids. And Black, Black River. River kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but outside of those, the, you know, Saga talking Black River. That's all the OK green team. That's a green. That's OK green right there. And then West Ottawa was OK red, but right. the OK green was well represented there. All yeah, well represented. All of our teams in the green had somebody there. Yeah, and. All the teams made it except for Hamilton. Exactly. Yeah, that's and which is interesting because a few years ago, just you know when they had all the Orans and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. It was they were state runner up, and uh, it was like Saugatuck and Hamilton, and then maybe we had one other team make it or a few individuals make it and stuff like that. It's just interesting that yeah. now it's like 
It goes to show how great the OK Green is and how tough that conference was when when West boys won it and Honkish and girls won it. That's that's this is a conference that's really hard to beat, right. and to have the top three teams in each boys and girls make it and then do really well right. shows how good they are really and are. Both teams that won for the boys and girls in the conference didn't have the champ because Holland had the two individual champs with yep. Martins and Alvader, and that's exactly. another that's pretty. You a lot of times in a conference meet the person who has the top runner. That's that's big points, yeah. and that kind of becomes the uh, main factor or the deciding factor. But, yeah, and yeah. then just quickly over to the OK Red, Rockford won uh, over West Ottawa, really close three points in the conference meet. They both made it in. Rockford, I think, finished in the top half, seventh or something like that. Caledonia was there. Hudsonville was there. Granville was there, I think. Uh, at least three or four teams were there, including West Ottawa. So the west side of the state cross country is uh, proving to be one of the toughest yeah, in the it's state. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's really cool. It's, it's good to see another sport, especially a smaller kind of sport, sure. have that kind of play. I mean, when I first got here, tennis had that kind of play. Um, and we still have good tennis teams and good tennis players, but it uh, it wasn't quite at the yeah. level that it was when I started. Across the board um, now, it's, it has it's incredible. At times. It has gotten there at times over my tenure here, but... Yeah. Right now, cross country is the running and the swimming, man. It's very exciting. It's, it's exciting. So, um, all right. So now, finally, let's think about all the stuff you guys learned as you were waiting for us to dissect the Bird Bowl Part Two. Um, all right. So, Zealand East. I mean, sorry. So let's lay out what happened first. Okay. So um, we had three playoff teams or four playoff teams, three playoff games last week. Yep. Saugatuck lost in the state finals rematch against Puama Westphalia. Holland Christian beat Grand Rapids South Christian at home to advance. In the last and minute. Zealand East beat Zealand West in the Bird Bowl Part 2 rematch, uh, marking the first time that Zealand East has won both matchups in a season and also the first time they've ever beat Zealand West in the playoffs. Yes. So we're going to start with Sagatuck P-Dub because that was any other week that would be we would have blown the heck out of that coverage because it's the state finals rematch. But Zealand East West, there's just something Certainly. about that rivalry and the whole town coming out and more than the whole town coming out and how good those teams are. Um, but Saugatuck, PW, man, Puama Westphalia has less. And as I mentioned last week, what I like to say is Poamo because Poamo. they put the Poamo on Saugatuck again, unfortunately. That's five times in the last six years that Saugatuck season has ended against Poemo. It has. That's and very true. Last year it was in the state finals, and it should have been in the state finals three years ago, uh, but the, the Saugatuck got a poor draw and had to face them in the second round. But Saugatuck was a state... Their, their team three years ago, when Blake Dunn was a senior, was much better than Saugatuck's team last year that went to the state final, and that's not a knock on last year's team. Last year's team was great. Yeah, but it was even better. But it ran into Poamo real, real early. Yeah, this has become a rivalry. The the Poamo's coach Jeremy Miller has said that they're like a conference rival now because they played they've played every year five of the last six years. I mean, only that that only happens to conference teams. So that it, it's kind of a, a fun rivalry. But Soccer Tech has got to win one of these to make it's it not a really real a rivalry. rivalry. Yeah, it's a nemesis. Yeah, that's about it. And at this point, it's unfortunate because they're two of the best teams in the state every year. Um, but Palmo's pretty good, huh? Yeah, they they should go to the state final. Um, this will be their toughest test of the season uh, in their division um, with New Lothrop. They're going on the road. Um, same playoff points, but yeah, Saugatuck really just didn't have it. They they tied the game 7-7 in the first quarter last week, and that was as close as they got. 
the Pirates just went on a rampage and they took it to them with a run game and, and then the Indians just really couldn't keep up with their speed uh, and their size, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm not surprised that Sagatuck lost. Uh, it was a great season for them. They, yeah, no shame. I mean, uh, losing a team that keeps winning keeps the state winning. title. Yeah, they've been in the state final now. Uh, if they go this year, it'll be their four years in a row that they've been in the state final. Uh, and they've won two of those. Um, so they, yeah, they have a good shot to win again this week. It's going to be a tough battle, but uh, yeah, I don't see them losing really at this point. All right, and then we had Holland Christian scoring a late touchdown to beat South Christian. What a game. Yeah. Competitive. That's that's it. that's exciting. That's what you want to see in playoff football. Yeah. You don't want to see blowouts. That a good fun game like that, like Sogtuck P dub is fun and it's exciting to watch, but you kinda of know what the outcome is gonna be. And this kind of a game with Holland Christian and South Christian, you didn't really know. And that's what makes it exciting. It was a late late second touchdown that won it for Holland Christian to win their first district title since two thousand nine. Uh-huh. Um now they face a really tough opponent <laughs> going on the road. Yeah, this we're gonna week. go right to the we're gonna go right to the pick on this before we go to the Bird Bowl. Um I think Holland Christian has played fantastic. Uh, their defense played great the last couple weeks. Edwardsburg is so good. They are. They're so good. Like I think them playing at home in this one, I I got my pick is that the Maroons run ends, unfortunately. I mean, I think they've played great. This has been a great season for them. It is going to be a really tall order beating Edwardsburg at home, and I think that uh, that Edwardsburg probably wins by two scores, at, at least two scores for me. Um, Holland Christian's got a really good offense. They somehow managed to hold South Christian to just nineteen points last week, which was impressive. They've, their defense has been really good the past couple of weeks, really the past four weeks. To be honest with you, they've been getting better and better. Um, but Edwardsburg has scored five hundred and seventy-five points in eleven games. And they've only allowed sixty six. So that's going to be sixty six is actually way more impressive to me than the five. It really is. Yes. I mean, it means your defense is fantastic. Well, they're playing in the Wolverine Conference, so I don't. I don't know how well how good that conference is. They've got they a show couple up in the playoffs every year too, Edwardsburg. So it's and they make runs. So yeah. it can't be just a weak conference. Well, they have four shutouts in the regular season, they and they shut out Blainwell in the pre district forty five nothing. Of course, that was going to be a blowout anyway, since Blainwell kind of right, squeaked but still in a shutout. But they've they've had five shutouts in eleven games this year, so that their defense is phenomenal. They, they're going to have to shut down a great offense, and I think that wins out. I mean, there's no way Holland Christian can get past this defense. Uh, if they do, uh, you know, color me shock. That would be incredible. I will. An incredible shock. upset. I'll get my shock marker and color <laughs> yes. it all over you. That would be an upset, but I just don't see it happening. At least two scores, if not more, for Edwardsburg. Gotcha. All right, and now what a lot of people have been waiting to hear about is our dissection of the Zealand East-West rematch. Part D. And, uh, you know, it kind of was the same, similar game as the first one. Zealand West looked strong at the beginning, kind of had a little bit of control. And then the Chicks just had a little bit of a wave there in the third quarter and rode it. They sc- And this time they scored 30 unanswered points against the Ducks. Without Fusco. I mean, Gabe Taylor was, and he was on like one leg for some of it. You know, he had, he got that banged up right before halftime and he was hobbling around. Man, Alex Stockdale came in and did a great job in Fusco's absence. And Taylor did a great job moving that ball around. It was just incredible to watch. It was, uh, yeah, it was an impressive win. I, I, the first half is kind of what I expected to happen. Where it's going to be a little bit back and forth, sixteen twelve, a, right a close right. game like that going in the second half, and then the chicks just went to a different level. 
and I've said this <laughs> for the number of games the, in this podcast today, but they are turning it up in the right the right time of the season in the playoffs. That's when you want to turn it up, and that second half was really impressive. They wore down the Ducks. They just right. warmed down, and then, so so they scored thirty unanswered points without Fusco. And I'm not saying Fusco's their whole team. Obviously, Gabe Taylor is fantastic, and Stockdale would be a starter on most teams. And uh, yeah, I mean, he still plays quite a bit for the Chicks, but he was featured this this time. A lot around. more with Fusco, yes. Yeah. So Taylor's passing was pretty good. They put together offensively. They found a way to pick apart the Ducks, but and that's insanely impressive to do all that with Fusco score 30 straight points. But even more impressive to me is the flip side of that. To score 30 straight points, your defense has got to allow none. Yeah. They allow I mean they were they stopped the wing tee. They really found, figured it out finally. I mean like not that it's easy to figure out because even if you do figure out it's based upon an option. So if you go after one back, the quarterback gives it to another one. You know, and you don't know who has the ball. But they that was to me even more impressive than scoring all those points without Fusco is that they they completely stopped the momentum of the Ducks in their tracks and kept it that way. Yeah. And that was very impressive. And to me, that is what could lead to more victories. Yeah, even absolutely. more than what their offense does. Absolutely. Their depth really showed in that game. Yeah. I mean, it showed they have a lot of options outside of Fusco. And we knew that kind of going in, but to show that in in the second half more so uh, with Taylor and right. even Bonama catching a pass – or that it was the fake punt, the fake, the fake punt, punt that was that was that incredible. They, that, that the kids called, yes. not coach. They were going incredible. for it. They they wanted that win, and they they made a play that that worked really well. They yeah. caught him off guard. Ryan Stockdale caught some passes. Zagunis, Alex Stockdale. Um, it was Colin Aronson. It was a full blown team win, and yeah, what's really incredible about that is the amount of people they used in that win that that had touchdowns or that had big plays, big runs on offense and defense. That shows that this game coming up is going to be really hard for their opponent. I mean, every, any opponent has known that throughout the season, but they've kind of seen what they can do, and it's like, well, you, you got to pick one, but you might not stop them all, right? And they're facing Parma Western out of Jackson. Um, and they're hosting. Uh, I don't know too much about Parma Western, but I do know a lot about the Chicks. And if they play like they did last week, they're winning again, and that's what I'm predicting. I think they win. By two scores. I'm with you. I think they win as well. Uh, the Panthers out of uh, Parma Western, they play in the Interstate 8 Conference. A pretty decent conference. Yeah, it's a good conference. Uh, there's some good teams in there, um, but not not all are great. It's kind of a average middle-of-the-road conference. Um, but the Chicks, they just are a better team overall on both sides of the ball than uh, Parma Western. It shows in their playoff points percentage when it goes to head-to-head. That's why the, the Chicks are hosting this week. Right. And I think they win by at least a score and a half uh, right. in this game. Um, big, win a big regional, and that sets up a potential probable showdown with Muskegon in a semifinal, Woo! which would be incredible to talk about. Um, but yeah, they they should kind of not not cruise this win, but they should handle it pretty easily. Yeah, and it's it's not even just that their playoff points are ahead; it's how they won last exactly. week is really uh, the main the main thing because they did that against their rival. They they beat them in the playoffs for the first time. They don't have to hear that anymore. It's a load off, and they just dominated a great team. Yeah, and that—I mean—that's all the momentum they need, and I think that they get it done again. Yep, should be a great uh, week of playoff games. And they've though. never won a regional. 
Never have. Never have. That's right. So that will that will be a first for them. That will be another good thing for them to have. Um, another, the only regional to pick up. They've and, been in the regional just once. That was in 2010 against East Grand Rapids. They lost 17-13. Yeah. That was it. And it so. was, a, if I remember correctly, there was a crazy, possibly controversial play at the end of that game in the end zone. And coached by none other than Hope's Peter Sturzma. That's right. So, um, so... Those games, uh, Holland Christian's game is on Saturday at yes. Edwardsburg, Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And the Chicks are hosting Parma Western at 7.30 on Friday. Yep. Um, so you got a little bit of, of that uh, spread out. You can go do some things. Um, Hope Volleyball will be playing at Calvin, not against Calvin, but at Calvin on Thursday. will be the opener of that tournament. Uh, soccer plays down at, on Friday in Otterbein, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But the Hamilton volleyball team could be playing for the regional on Thursday also. Uh, lots of things happening. We will discuss their season a little bit more next week as well um, as we look forward to some of the um, state swim finals as well and then uh, kind of recapping what's going on with the prep football teams and how many are still going. We could have one. We could have two. We could have none. I mean, it just it's the playoffs. You never quite know. Um, but we are. It sounds like we're in consensus that we will have one um, next week, which is exciting. And uh, and Holland Christian, if you guys uh, win that win big on the road against Edwardsburg, more power to you, and you will prove us wrong. And we love being proven wrong, especially Chris. So uh, that's all we got for this week from the press box uh, for Chris Adarazny. I'm Dan Adana and, uh, enjoy your week. Go out and see some sports before it really gets too cold to be outside. And, uh, we will look forward to recapping and chatting next week. Mm-hmm.